Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. Well, good morning, church family. It's uh, great to see you again this morning. This is the highlight of our week is being able to spend time with you um, right now and be able to see your face through this video camera uh, right there in your own living room, being able to worship with you. We're so glad that you decided to join with us this morning. I want to take a moment just to say thank you uh, for your faithfulness and your giving. I know many of you are, are uh, taking advantage of the online giving uh, opportunity that we have here at our church as well as you know, mailing your, your checks to the church. I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. We know that God is going to continue to bless you during this time. And as we get into the days you know, ahead, we know God's faithfulness is going to be there with you and he's going to provide for you whatever it is that you need in your life. So we just want to say thank you. Um, you know, I was just thinking about this week, uh, the week that's leading up to, to Easter. Um, many of you guys know what today is. Today is Palm Sunday. And um, if you don't know what that is, it's basically the, it's the beginning of Holy Week that leads up to Easter. I know some denominations call it Passion Week, um, but it's the days leading up to Easter. And there's so many things that, that took place during that week, you know, as Jesus spent his last days here on this earth with his disciples and others. Um, but there was a word that kind of kept coming to my mind as I was preparing for this sermon and it's the word passion. It's the word passion. Years ago, Mel Gibson uh, directed a movie called Passion of the Christ. And if you've never seen that movie, I want to encourage you to watch that movie. It's, it's very hard to watch sometimes throughout the movie just because of the depictions of Jesus and what he went through. But it's a very challenging and a very heart-moving uh, movie if you've never seen it um, I want to challenge you to kind of check that out, but it just talks about everything that, that happens in Jesus' life up until the last moments here on this earth. But I remember going to that movie and seeing it in theaters, and I remember throughout the movie just certain moments where I found myself just sitting there in the seat watching this movie and just tears streaming down my face just being moved by just the Spirit and just being moved by what, what I saw on the on the big screen there of what happened to Jesus. And I remember that at the very end of the movie and, you know, the credits begin to roll and after the credits had finished, it was like there was no one that would leave the movie theater. It was just like complete silence and people were just, just sitting there really not knowing what to do or even really knowing what to think in those moments, but just sitting there in complete silence. This is a very, very moving movie. But if I can ask you a question today, I want to ask you this one simple question. What are you passionate about? What are you, what are you passionate about? I know that if we were to go out and ask this question to different people, I know that we would get so many different responses. I'm passionate about my family. I'm passionate about my job. I'm passionate about sports. I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about that. So we all have this passion for, for something. But then I thought about, what if we were to ask Jesus the same question? What if we were to sit down and ask Jesus, Jesus, what are you passionate about? What, what, 
what do you think about all the time, Jesus? What are, what are you passionate about? And I do believe that he would answer that question with this answer. He's passionate about you. He's passionate about I. Jesus is passionate about his creation. You see, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what kind of crazy decisions that you've made in this life, I want you to know today this, is that Jesus is passionate about you. In just a few days from today, you're going to see that passion. You're going to uh, understand that passion as Jesus goes to the cross to sacrifice himself for, for the people and their sins, giving up himself because he is so passionate about you and I. You see, what kind of sacrifices do you make for the things that you're passionate about? What will we do for the ones that we love? The deepest, most meaningful sacrifices that we make are towards people that we love the most. Those deepest, most meaningful sacrifices that we make are towards those that we love the most. You see, when you see the, the cross, the, the cross represents so much love and, and all these things all wrapped up in the one, but there's that one word that just keeps sticking out to me when I think about the cross, and that's passion. Jesus' passion for us. And so as we begin to get into this holy week, we, we find that in Scripture where Jesus is going into the town of Jerusalem, better known as the triumphal entry. He's getting ready to go into the city. He's getting ready to uh, ride into the city to make his triumphant entry of the last week he has here in his life. So if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 22 and verses 1 through 11, which is what we're going to be looking at this morning. And when you get there, just give us a thumbs up right there in the chat so I know that you're there as we, as we read along in the Scripture. But the beginning of this week is, is, is being celebrated by, so, by this, this crowd of people. You know, they're, they're, they're singing praises, they're crying Hosanna, they're, they're all of these things. They're celebrating the, the entry of Jesus as he comes into the town. But it's crazy to think that in just a few days from the, today, some of those same people will be mocking Jesus Screaming, crucify him, crucify him. You see, which brings us to this passage of scripture that we're going to look at this morning in Matthew chapter 25, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 21, starting with verse 1. It says this It says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say this, that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what, the, what was spoken through the prophet Zechariah. And it says, say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle, riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus instructed them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and placed the cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. 
A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the ground while others cut branches from trees and spread them all over the road. The crowds went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So I've titled the sermon today simply these words, Who is this? Who is this? And so you have this picture of Jesus entering into Jerusalem, sitting on the back of a donkey, followed by a small crowd of people. You see, this moment is so important for us to see and to understand just what Jesus came to do here on this earth. You see, Jesus didn't come to change the politics in the area. He didn't come to change people's political views, but he came to change the hearts of the people. He came to deliver the people who were living under oppression at the time. He came to deliver people from bondage. He came to set people free. He came to deliver people from their fears and he came to deliver them from whatever it was that was going on in their life to show us just how much he loves us and just how much he is passionate about you and I. You see, I want us to understand how he did it. He didn't come riding on a war horse or a stallion. He didn't come with an amazing army riding behind him or marching behind him. He didn't come with the sound of music playing. He just came himself with with a small crowd of people behind him riding on a donkey. You see, these people were... They were looking for a savior. They were, they were looking for the one who was going to come and to change the situation, who was going to come and change uh, the area and the city. They were looking for someone who was going to come and stir things up or to, or to take things over. But, but you see, Jesus didn't come to do that. He came to save their people and to, to reach their hearts. Verses 1 through 3 clearly says, it says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. There's three things that as I was studying the scripture that just really spoke to me, and I want to encourage you with it this morning. I just want to share with it, share it with you this morning as we uh, spend a few moments today right there in your living room. Number one is this, Jesus came in humble fashion. He came in humble fashion. It made me think of this, what is it going to take for us to see a great move of God in this land? And I believe it's this, it's humility. It's us humbling ourselves before God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 14, it says this, very familiar passage of Scripture. It says, If my people who are called by my name, and then it says this, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Why does God want us to be humble 
Why does God want us to have a spirit of humility in our lives? You see, God had to take the Israelites through a desert because they had a lot of Egypt inside of them. So before they could ever get to the promised land, there was, there was some time where, where God had to humble them because they had so much of Egypt inside of them that he was trying to get that out of them so that he could replace it with himself. So they needed to be humble. They needed to understand who they were and who they worshipped and who was their provider. You see, when we humble ourselves, we recognize that the answer we need is not found in us, but it's found in God. So Jesus came riding on this, this colt, this donkey, humble in his spirit. He didn't come in. He didn't make a grand entrance. He didn't come in, you know, with all this stuff happening. It was just him sitting on the back of a donkey with some disciples and a few people following behind him in, in a crowd. See, Jesus didn't show up on the scene flaunting his position, but he showed up on the scene showing a humbled heart. And I really feel like what God is saying to us today where we are is, is live a life of humility. Have a humble heart. Don't, it's, not ever, it's never about a position that you can achieve. It's never about any of that stuff. It's, but it's about living a humble life before God because if we live in humility, then I do believe that, that we will take the focus off of ourselves and we will able to be able to put it on Jesus Christ where it belongs. So Jesus didn't show up flaunting anything. He just showed up with a humble spirit and a humble heart. For Jesus, it's, it's all about the heart. And that's what Jesus was saying to us today is that it's, a, it's about the heart. It's not about possessions. It's never about your position, but it's all about the attitude of your heart. You see, during this time of quarantine, I've just begun to think just over and over again, that God is showing us that we need to get our priorities back to where they need to be. That, that we, the church, have, has placed ourselves in a, in a position to where we think that sometimes that we have it all together, that we don't have any problems, that, that everything in our world is, is, is wonderful and okay, and that the reality of that is it's not. We have issues. We have problems. That we think that, um, that we can do this without Him and the... the the sheer fact of that is that we can't do it without Jesus. If we don't have God's Spirit leading us, if we don't have God's Spirit inside of us, if we're not leading with a humble heart, then we're not, step, we're not following in Jesus' footsteps because Jesus lived a humble life. He always put people before Himself. So what I feel like God's saying to us today is this, is that we need to get back to our first love that we need to get our priorities straight, that we need to get put things back in perspective. We need to put things back in order. And the first love is, is Jesus Christ and that relationship with Him. And so it's about the heart today. See, people are fickle. People, why? You know, it's crazy because you, you know, all these people are, are thinking all these different things. One moment in this scripture, it shows that, that people are praising God and 
you know, they're laying everything out before God and they're laying their cloaks and they're, they're waving these, ha- these palm branches singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, you know, crying out, He's our Redeemer, He's our Savior. But yet in the next moment, they're crying out to crucify Him or that we don't even know Him. You see, I think sometimes that's where we are as the church is that we will do that, that we get away from our first love, that in one moment we're singing God's praises and the next moment when things go wrong in our life, we, we're wondering, God, are you even there? Do you even care? Where, where are you, God? And I think what God's trying to say to us today is this. This is about keeping a humble spirit, living a life of humility. God's saying to us today is this. You need to check your heart. You need to check your spirit. Make sure that things are placed back to where they need to be, which is God first. Not family first or your spouse first or your job first, but he's saying to us, put God first. Put God back to where he belongs in your life, and that is number one. Jesus came to sit upon the throne of our heart. How would they know who he was? Because he was fulfilling a prophecy that Zechariah had spoken 100 years before Jesus ever came. So in that moment, as they saw Jesus coming into the town, they were reminded of the scripture that they had heard ever since they were little about this prophecy that that the king or the, the redeemer, the savior would come walking in or riding in on a donkey. And in that moment, they they saw what was happening. And so they were excited. So Jesus says for us today is to have a humble spirit, have to live a life of humility. Number two is this. Follow his instructions. It's so important that, the, that God has given us a plan and a purpose for our life and that we follow that, that plan, that purpose that God has laid out in front of us. You see in verses 6 and 7 of that same scripture, it says the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed. They, they brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. I think it's important to understand that in that moment that the disciples didn't, you know, they didn't stand there and question Jesus or question why they were, that he was sending them into the town. They just did what he instructed them to do. They went and they found, (coughs) excuse me, they went and they found this, this donkey and this colt that was tied together and they, they brought it back to Jesus. You see, the disciples were, they were humbled enough to go and to do as Jesus had asked them to do in that moment. And when they did what Jesus asked them to do, it allowed the promise to make his way into the town. When we step forward and we do what God's called us to do, when we follow those instructions, when we follow the plan and the purpose that God has for our life, what happens is, is that it provides a way for the promise to come through our lives into those people that we come in contact with. Can God do it without us? Absolutely. But he doesn't want to do it without us. He wants you to be part of the plan and the purpose that that he set forward in your life. You see, we are part of that plan. We are the ones that God has chosen to go into the towns. We are the ones that God has chosen to go into the neighborhoods. We are the ones that God has chosen to go into the workplace And to talk about that promise that Jesus is talking about. The promise of everlasting life. The promise 
that it's available to anyone who believes the promise of everlasting life with Jesus. You see, what I realize is that Jesus could have walked into the village and chosen his own donkey. He could have walked into the village and, and, and done everything himself, but the Bible says that he sent his disciples into the village to find this donkey and this colt. And I do believe that there's a lesson that you and I can learn from this verse. And I think what that lesson is today is this, is that when Jesus sends you, he's already provided something for you when you get there. You see, Jesus had already set this moment up. Jesus had already set this, uh, this plan in place. And when the disciples stepped forward and they went and they did what Jesus had called them to do, that in that moment they got there, that Jesus had already provided a way for them. And I want you to understand that today, church family, is this, is that when you and I follow the instructions that God has for us, that when we step forward in faith and we move forward and to do what God's called us to do, that when you get there, God has already provided for you the very thing that you need because he's passionate about you. He's passionate about you finding your way, your plan, and your purpose in this life. You see, sometimes Jesus is going to ask you to do something that, that seems so out of the way, that just seems so unordinary. But even though it seems that way, remember this, there's a reason why he's asking you to do it. That day, there was a reason why he sent his disciples into the town to find that donkey and that colt. And there's a reason why Jesus is going to use you in these days that we're living in now to spread the gospel to those that are around us who may be facing difficult situations in their life just like we are. But you see, what's crazy about the situation is that you and I know the answer to our problem. But what God is wanting to do through us, he's wanting to use us to offer that answer to those people that we come in contact with. So Jesus will provide a way for you when you go and follow the instructions of Jesus. And the third and final thing is this. And I think this is the most important one of this sermon. Is this, do you know Jesus? It's just been going over in my spirit the last couple of days is, do you know Jesus? Not do you know about him. I'm asking you, do you know him? Because the Bible says there in verses 8 through 11, it says, it says a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And it says when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked this question, who is this? Who is this man? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. You see, people were praising and, and waving palm branches as Jesus made his way through the streets of Jerusalem. They were laying out their cloaks. They were laying out all of these things in front of them as he's coming through the streets of Jerusalem. That word Hosanna simply means that our Savior is here. He's here to redeem us. He's here to save us from this oppression and this, 
the sin that's in our life. You see, Psalms chapter 118, verse 25 says this. It says, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. You see, many different times we see Jesus wanting not to draw attention to himself. <coughs> Excuse me. Throughout Scripture, you'll see where Jesus has moments where he never draws attention to himself. But in this moment, he's allowing these people to show their praises to him. He's, he's allowing them to sing praises and cry out to him as he's walking through the streets of Jerusalem. And the reason why I believe that is, is because this moment, this moment that day was, was ordained by God. This was a word that was prophesied by the prophet Zechariah Year, hundreds of years ago before this ever even happened. So this was a day that God had made. This was the time for this, for Jesus to be known for who he is as he's walking through the streets. You see, there are people in our world today asking this question. Who is this Jesus? They're facing difficulty. They're facing times of uncertainty. They're they're, they're facing these things that they've never faced before. And so they're asking this question, who is this Jesus? What is he all about? And I do believe that, man, this is an, an amazing time for the church today to go forth and to do what God has called us to do. And that is to make disciples, to introduce them to the promise of everlasting life. They're asking that question, who is this Jesus? Their minds are being sparked wondering who this is. I, <coughs> excuse me, I just saw the, just a picture the other day of a, of a shelf of, uh, of books that were uh, just completely empty. And, and it, was the, this, it was the place where all these Bibles used to sit, but the shelves were completely empty. Why? Because people are asking questions. Social media is being flooded by prayers and scriptures that's posted over and over again. People are wondering who this Jesus is. And we, the church, have the opportunity to share with them who he is. We have the answer to the question that they're looking for. That he's our savior, that he's our king, that he's our provider, he's our prince of peace, he's our redeemer, he's whatever you need him to be, that's who he is. In your life, he's the world that the world needs to know. And so this morning, right there in your living room, I want to ask you this simple question. Do you know Jesus? Are you wondering who he is? Are you asking these questions during these days? Because if you're asking, Jesus will reveal himself to you. The Bible says, again, in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 14, it says, If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray. But it doesn't stop there. Then it says, and seek my face. Notice it doesn't say seek my hand, but it says seek my face. And then turn from their wicked ways. Repent. Get things back in order. Put things back in perspective the way they're supposed to be. And then Jesus says, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. What we need in our world today is we need God. We need God's healing power to begin to sweep through our communities, through our neighborhoods, through our world. But let it begin with you and I.
because there's people who are wanting to know who this Jesus is and God's going to use you to introduce them to Jesus. So I want to encourage you today, church, to be humble, be like Jesus, live a life that God has called you to, to, to live, follow his instructions, and do you know who he is? Let me pray with you for today. today. Father, God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word that's been presented to us today, God. God, as we enter into the days of right before your crucifixion, God, God, you entered into Jerusalem that day, God, riding on a, on a donkey, God, humble, with a hum, with humble spirit. And Father, I pray for our churches today, God, I pray for your people, God, that we would live a life of humility just like you did. That God, that uh, we, would, we would step forward in these days that we have, that we've been presented, God, to, to show people this Jesus and to live this life in front of them. So God, I pray today for every person that's watching here today, God, if they're looking for an answer, God, they can find it in a man named Jesus. So God, I pray for them today, God, that in that moment that they would begin to know who he is in their own personal relationship with you. And Father, I love you and I thank you for this day. I pray for every person that's watching, every heart that's, that is there today, every ear that's listening. God, I pray that you would continue to do what only you can do in our lives, God, because we know that when we do our part, God, you will do your part. We have a part to play in this thing and God's wanting to use us. So God, I thank you for this day and I give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a blessed week and we will see you soon. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 1030 a.m. or Wednesdays at 630 p.m. Have a blessed day.